Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. One of the most beautiful things about Jesus is He leads His people the way a shepherd leads his sheep. Jesus knows the exact right pace for you and what you can and cannot handle in life. Like any good shepherd, Jesus provides rest and refreshment for His people. In Psalm 23, King David sees how the Lord does this and provides an amazing visual picture for us. What should we do? We should follow the Good Shepherd to His place of rest and let Him take care of us. You may be curious about how this works, so let's join Pastor Jim for the conclusion of his message, The Shepherd and His People. He had various stories of friends stabbing him in the back. He had all kinds of problems, more things than you and I could ever imagine. Yet, because the eternal Lord is an intimate shepherd to David, David concludes, I shall not want. He's my shepherd, I shall not want. I lack nothing. These are the words of a man who is content in the present and confident in the future because of his relationship with the Lord. Let me throw out the challenge to all of us right now. Can we, like David, try to be focused on being content in the present and confident in the future? solely based on our relationship with the Lord. That's an amazing statement coming from a man who had lost so much. I shall not want. And you may not believe this, but I believe this with all of my heart. If David could get to that place, you and I can get to that place. That all of us can get to that place. This is the, the theological concept of what we call the sufficiency of God. For David, for many people, the Lord is always enough even when life is tough. So what did David experience even in the great difficulties of life? He experienced the love of God. He experienced the peace of God. There's other times where he seems panicky and sad, yes, but he understood the love of God, the peace of God. He understood the fulfillment of God, and he understood and experienced contentment in God. Let me ask you this question. How many people do you know that are really content. When you think of all the things in the world that you could have, there's probably not too many things that are higher up on the list than being content. In other words, David would say, despite everything that's going on around, I am happy in God. I find great joy in him and because of that, I realize that I lack nothing. Back in Moses' day, uh, before King David, 
Moses used similar wording to describe God's care for the people of God in the wilderness. He says this, uh, Deuteronomy 2.7. Nehemiah also said it later on. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. Interesting, they complained the whole way. I wonder how many of them at the end said, you know what, when it came down to it, we really lack nothing. It's important to note that David uses the word, he says, I shall not want. He uses the word want and not the word desire. So, so what is he saying? He's saying, I did not lack what I needed. Like a good father, like a good shepherd, the Lord does not give us everything we desire. That would be a bad father. That would be a bad shepherd. That would be a bad friend. Trusting the Lord, then, David is showing us, and David is picturing himself as the sheep. Trusting the Lord is like a sheep and shepherd relationship where the shepherd, the Lord, will make sure that we don't lack what we need. In other words, when he says, I shall not want, that means I shall not be in want or I shall not lack what I need because my shepherd, because we are so close, he's going to provide all of that for me. Now, David, again, he, he knows a lot about sheep. And there's, a, there's that little book, you know, Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. If you want to copy right into us, I think we have some extras uh, around the church. And, and, but the interesting thing about sheep is, left to themselves, they lack everything. <laughs> left to themselves, they are helpless. Let, yet the shepherd provides. So you might say, what does the Lord think I need? What won't I lack as long as I put my trust in the Lord? Well, the next two verses actually help us to get a grip on that, to understand that. In verse two, we see that if the Lord is your shepherd, you won't lack rest. You won't lack rest. Look at verse two. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, interesting, uh, Again, sheep are very skittish to get them to lie down, not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, they were always afraid of, uh, you know, they either wanted something to eat, they wanted to run away, they were afraid of, of other animals or anything. But it also says to lie down in green pastures, plural. So what does that mean? That the Lord is with them as they are on the move. He leads me, the shepherd leads the sheep beside the still waters. Some versions say beside the quiet waters. So picture yourself having a, a long, long hot day or perhaps a long, tough season of life and the Lord leads you to this beautiful field. It's a beautiful, warm, sunny day. You know the kind that you're not hot, you're not cold, it's just perfect. I call it the temperature of heaven. And, and you just are able to stretch out on the grass by a quiet stream. It, it's quite a, a picture of the Christian life. You're out all day long. 
serving the Lord, wherever the Lord leads you in, in what is at times a dangerous and harsh world. And at the end of the day, you just need some rest. You're just, you're just searching for rest. And to lie down is to rest. And the idea here is when you need it, God is ready to supply it to you. Again, it's a situation for a sheep where they feel safe enough to lie down. There's also here the mark of a good shepherd. He leads the sheep. He leads the sheep. I know a lot of sermons have been in church a long time. They, they like to focus on how dumb and dirty sheep are. Well, I don't know to me, what's the point? I think the point is really how helpless they are and sometimes foolish too. But the focus is more on how the shepherd who is all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful is willing to lead the sheep. Not be like, hey, listen, man, you can't get it together. I got no time for you. Not at all. That's one of the reasons you know how gracious God is that he didn't give up on David. He hung in there with him. And so he leads the sheep. That's very different than driving the sheep. Two very, very different concepts. To lead is to say, come, let's go. To, to drive is to push and to push and to push. Now, there always comes issues with a lot of people because maybe you came from a driving household. So anytime anybody politely asks you to do something, you take it as they're trying to manipulate you. And so if that's you, you need to really think about that. But the good shepherd leads the sheep. The great example of this to me is in Genesis chapter 33, Jacob and Esau, who had been at odds, reunite. And, and, and Jacob was a shepherd. We talked about that earlier. But Esau was the drive him cowboy, man. He's like, let's go. Let's ride. Right? He's that guy. And it says this, Genesis 33, 12 through 14. Then Esau said, when they had reunited, let us take our journey. Let us go, and I will go before you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and the herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. Please let my Lord go ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to see my Lord in Sarah. You see, there's a big difference. And you know, when some of you are bosses or you are a ministry leader or you're, you, know, you have your family, you've got different kids. You know how it is when you have different kids? You're like, how did they come out of the same womb? Because they could be so different from one another. You're like, what in the world is this? And it's very important to know how to get people to move forward because they're all different. Some require a little bit slower leading. Some require to be pushed on a little bit more. And so Jesus is the shepherd that leads his people. Perhaps the green pastures that he mentions here in verse 2 are also a source of food. Green would mean that there is plenty of food. Now, a lot of times they would just eat the, 
eat the pasture dry and they have to move on to the next one. That's why it's pastures. But here probably referring to us for spiritual food. And, and, but the implication here seems to be is that there's enough good food for the sheep to be satisfied. And for now, they can rest and they don't have to look for more food. There's also the, we see the picture, the scene of the still water. And that would be important for them not only to rest, but to provide refreshment. Now, I don't know if you know this about sheep, uh, but they're not good swimmers. And so the shepherd would even have to watch them there. And so maybe we'd have to think of the shepherd. What he would do is, uh, you know, the, the, they would lead the sheep and they'd be feeding and eating. And maybe one would be watching them and the, and the good shepherd would go over to the river and maybe he would be taking rocks and he'd be making a little pool for them. So they wouldn't get caught in the current. So they wouldn't, so they wouldn't get washed downstream. So they could come over and they could just drink. So they can safely be refreshed and not drown. Now you say, all of this sounds great, Pastor Jim. Man, this sounds awesome. But it is just not possible in my life. <laughs> Nor was it possible for a sheep in a dry, dusty, and dangerous Middle Eastern desert without a shepherd. Couldn't happen without a shepherd. And the Lord's renewals in our lives, we get from, from the meat of his word, from the living water of the Holy Spirit. And that's what fuels our faith. That's what, that what fuels our service. That's what fuels our joy of living. We often talk about that the grace of God, the cross of Christ motivates us by grace to move on forward, to keep going. But it's not only rest and food that sheep need. It's also the peace of mind to know that the shepherd is watching them and protecting them. You know, David said he fought off wild animals while he was a shepherd. I think a lot of times people think, well, you know, easy for him. How do you know he didn't get banged up a lot? Look what happened to the good shepherd, Jesus. He was crucified on a cross to protect us from the penalty of our sin. See, these are key to finding our rest in God, trusting in our Father's care in a very, very, at times, dangerous world. When we come to verse 3, we think about this. If the Lord is your shepherd, you won't lack life. You will not lack guidance. He says, he restores my soul. Some versions say he restores my life. He leads me. Notice, says it again. Another version says he guides me in the paths of his, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, just imagine for a second how mundane the life of a sheep and a shepherd must be. And I know that a lot of us feel that way as well. Some people, their life is always in a crisis. We're going to put that to the side for a minute. But for most of us, most of our lives are fairly ordinary and routine. And you know what? That can really wear you down. That can really wear you down. 
You know, the first, first six months, I was a, past, a teaching pastor on a Sunday morning. I would wake up on Sunday morning, get mad, out of that bed like a, like a cannonball, man. Like, good morning, Lord. Yes, Sunday. You know, then after about six months, I was like, good Lord, it's morning. You're kidding me. Like Sunday is already here again. It's so faithful to come around. And one of the things I always pray for is that God would ignite my soul with excitement for the passage that I'm in, no matter what it is. Because life can become so routine, can become so mundane. It feels like you're just doing the same stuff over and over again. And look at the promise that the shepherd makes. David says, he restores my soul. Some verses again, he restores my life. God promises day-to-day care over your life, over my life. And not only that, but the ability to have day-to-day contentment, to actually find joy in the mundane. I wonder how much of the Lord's restoring us or protecting us, we're actually aware of. I think probably very, very little. I wonder how much strength the Holy Spirit is pumping into our hearts, I mean, the very essence of our being and our souls in the midst of all the heartache and pain of life. I mean, sometimes you ever have anybody say this to you, like, I don't even know how you're standing after all you've been going through. And you're like, and also you're like, yeah, I don't really know. It's the Lord. I wonder how often we're wandering and we don't realize it's the grace of God that restores us, that brings us back. And friend, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I can tell you this, I know that the Lord wants to restore you. The Lord wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you. And trust me, he makes better decisions than you and I make. Restoring could mean that he, you know, brings us back. It could mean that he he saves us physically. It could mean that he saves us spiritually. It could mean that he brings me to repentance But ultimately, we always know repentance is turning from your sin to God. He brings us back to him. Once again, notice here it says, he leads me. He doesn't drive me. He's not like getting you with a hammer. He leads you, guides you in the paths of righteousness. What does that mean? That means that God graciously leads his people, primarily through the scripture, through the word of God. God graciously leads his people in the path that he wants us on. Not our path, his path. You know, a lot of Christians, if you're around them long enough, they're very flippant in the way they're talking about. They're saying, well, God is leading me. God is leading me. God's not leading me. A lot of times it's just like, why don't you just say that's what you want to do? Or that's what you don't want to do. I have a friend, he calls that lead poisoning. I feel lead, right? You got lead poisoning. But, but it's, it's very, very serious when we talk about God leading us. Because think about it in the context of where we are in the psalm. 
Most of us, if we've been around the church for any length of time, or we're around Christians who have been around the church for a length of time, we think about God leading us in big decisions, right? You know, where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? I tell young people, second most important decision of your life, who are you going to marry? Most important decision, are you going to follow Jesus? Are you going to put your trust in him? So, but we think about God leading us only in terms of big decisions, but for God's sheep, where was God leading the sheep? Where's the shepherd lead the sheep? Everywhere, everywhere. God leads the sheep in everyday life. God leads us in the paths, plural, of righteousness. What is that? That is, he leads us in the paths of faithfulness to the king. Now, sometimes you say, oh, well, but I get tempted. He wants you to take a different path. He wants you to see the temptation and go, you know what? I'm not going down that path. I'm going down this path. I'm going down the path of righteousness because why? Because God makes better decisions than I make. You know, let's be honest. There are so many paths to take in life. I mean, do you think that a shepherd, shepherding a bunch of sheep, but let's say they want to go to the top of a hill or a mountain or something like that, and there's 20 paths at the bottom, do you think the shepherd just goes, hey, take whichever one you want, we'll meet you at the top? No, he doesn't do that at all. You see, only a trustworthy shepherd can take you on the right path. There are plenty of bad shepherds out there that are not God's shepherds, that are leading people on bad paths, and many of them call themselves pastors. And so we have to be very careful of that. Here, the right path is called, again, the paths, plural, of righteousness. In other words, this is a life to be led. It is the life that God wants for his people that he will lead us on. But once again, the sheep are not left on their own. They are led. And so here is the soul-searching question for tonight. Will you follow? Will you allow the Lord, through his word, to lead you? This is, this is one of the reasons why picturing the, God's people as sheep works so well. Why? Because sheep are very prone to wander. They even wander from the blessed life they have with the best shepherd. Does that sound familiar to you at all? How prone are we to wander from the blessed life of the best shepherd? At the end of verse three, we're told that the shepherd does all of this for his namesake. What does that mean? Well, a name represented everything about you. So he does this for his, for his sheep, yes, but he also does it primarily, and you have to understand Jewish thinking. There can be a lot of things involved, but they t primarily focus on the main thing or the most important thing or, or number one on the list. He mainly does it for his own glory, for his reputation. We might put it this way. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake because he said he would. That's why. And, and when we think about these things, it can mean many things. Is, but one thing is, this shepherd will never, ever, ever lead you on the wrong path. It might seem at times that you're on the wrong path. And sometimes if you know it's a God path, 
It's a test of your faith. It's building you stronger. And we want to stay right on that path. And part of God's character is God will keep his promises to lead and protect his people. And as we'll talk about next week, even in death. We'll pick up next week at verse four. David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That sounds scary. Yet he says, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, this is the oddest thing. They comfort me. We all know everyone will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How do we do it without fear? And and how is it that David can say that the process can actually comfort you? And then after that, what's next for a follower of Jesus? Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.